we are back. Uh, so, welcome to everybody. Thank you all so much for coming today. And uh, what we were going to say before we had to stop was that the topic for today is leadership and mentorship. And uh, we just find it so interesting that we have the group that's here today because all of you are in a position really to be uh, leaders. You know, like these uh, women who are medicine women, wise women, whatever you want to call yourselves, uh, who can be leaders. You're actually at an age of development, and in that way we mean like mental, emotional, as well as the physical development to actually be going out there and to be commanding just by your uh, level of development, uh, sort of... uh, not respect, but um, yes, respect. But you know, you know, when some people they walk into a room and everybody looks, right? That's the sort of thing that we can see from this group. There is that element of power that's that's building up. So we feel uh, very excited that this is the group that's come today. That you are all at that. We f- we actually feel that like your your bodies are vibrating like that, ready to to go, right? But you all, for some reason, not quite gone. There is this vibration that we can see in everybody that you're ready. There is all of this knowledge and wisdom and experience and possibility and ideas and creations going on inside and it's vibrating like that but we have to get it to go to like that, right? Out to the people. And so today we are talking of this idea of leadership and mentorship. And if you listened in the first, uh, to the very first, um, Crown Zone talk. We just, we brought in a little bit of this idea of leadership and mentorship. And we were very clear that we, this idea of leadership is about, um, you know, somebody, you or somebody being in the front and then pulling everybody along. But mentorship is about, if you like, having you being in the middle and everybody around you like that and you, you go together, right? That's what we see as mentorship because mentorship, uh, is uh, about expansion of both, not just ex- you expand and go for leadership, but the mentorship is the expansion of both. But So we want to talk about those two things more in depth. And perhaps we will uh, start with the mentorship, actually. No, we are starting with the leadership. We are changing our minds. All of us have decided in there to change our minds. We are going to start with the leadership. And perhaps we start with the leadership because we sort of uh, pushed it aside initially when we had the first conversation. We really want to bring it in from a different angle. So when we talk of leadership in the crown time, and for this group particularly, we are looking at it not from a physical uh action where you get people to follow you in the physical world. We are really looking at it, if you like, from a gene pool aspect, from a DNA aspect. And if you think of DNA, it's like, uh, you know, the strands, right? And if you think about it as strands and that they are electrified, if you like, and they have all of the information, it's like... um like a keyboard, right? You can key in whichever is going to work, whichever is going to happen, and that's that's what's happening with the G, with the the DNA all the time. And if you think that your DNA is in your children, it's from your family, from your parents, and so on, 
in that way it's all connected. Even though it's enclosed in you and enclosed in the children and so on, it's all connected. So if you can think of DNA not just as being passed on and therefore in, enclosed in your body, but <clears throat> still connected. So you have the DNA in you and then, but there is this sort of, of course, not seen connection to other people in your family group. And the reason that we want you to imagine that is because if you make, for lots of people, they think if they make a change in their life now, it, it uh, won't necessarily affect at a DNA level or a cell memory level, however you want to imagine it, other, you know, the forwards and the backwards of the family group. But we we don't see it like that. We believe very strongly that if you make a, a, a real <clears throat> consciousness shift or a cell memory change in your being, then that, because you are connected by this close, uh, by this, you know, gossamer thread, if you like, to the fore, fore and aft, then uh, you, they also get the benefit of that change. <clears throat> And that's really what we're talking about with leadership because for the crown. Because somebody in a family has to take the lead. You know, if there is uh, some things in families and often in any family there will be something that will be an entrenched behavior or an entrenched uh, pattern or something that is maybe dragging the group down or causing the group to be fragmented or something. And as a person like all of you, you often have the ability to see what that is, to pinpoint the thing that it is. Or you might just feel that there's something about you that this pattern keeps repeating. You might not necessarily see it in the family, but you feel that it's something that might be passed on, therefore can be passed on, passed on to you and then for, for passed on to others. So you, you see it can either be in the outside or it can be on the inside and you see that that needs to change for whatever reason, for your own personal uh, development or for the group's development. And so for people that are like all of you, you already have that ability to see that. But what we want to say in regarding this and the leadership is that you also have the ability to not just see it and do something uh, on a sort of superficial level, but you have the ability to lead the, the, the change, lead a development, lead a charge to something new, if you like. And in that way, you are changing not just the DNA structure, cell memory, whatever it is you, 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 you have the vision of for yourself. But in that way, you are changing before, before and after. So the ones there and the ones in descendants and the ancestors. And in that way, you have the ability to, like we said, be the leader and drag everybody with you, right? So, but it's not in a physical way. It's an energetic way, um, some people might think of it as a spiritual way. Uh, it could be, um, we won't say emotional and mental because emotional and mental are very physical attributes of a human that have their, uh, 
the origins often in the cell memory or the DNA structure of the group, right? It's how you, but it's how you express them. So we won't say that, but definitely on that energetic level, that vibrational level, uh, and that memory level of the cell, you have, uh, if you can change that within yourself, with the conscious um, application of making a change, like having that filter out. So what we're not saying that you would say, oh, that person is an alcoholic and that person is an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic, but those two are alcoholic. And I see that as a pattern in my family, so I'm going to change that. You wouldn't, that's not what we're saying. It's got to be something that you can access. So perhaps they're alcoholic, but in, in a way they are addicted. Are you addicted to anything? Do you have that pattern within you that you, you could be addicted to, um, Thing, anything, knitting, reading, uh, drugs, cigarettes, anything. So if there is a pattern of addiction and you also have that pattern of addiction that you can see in yourself, then you can work on that aspect of the family. If you don't have it, if you don't really feel it within you, you can't work on others, right? You have to work on yourself, but in that way, you can, that will filter to the fore and the aft, and then we are using the sailing term, the fore and aft, uh, and you can, that in itself will bring, will allow the group to follow. Does everybody understand that? It's not a hard thing to understand, but uh, it's important that for us, that we get that message across that that's what we mean uh, by leadership. It's not a physical thing. It's not holding up the, the yellow umbrella and everybody follows you. It's very much about seeing what's in yourself and seeing perhaps if that's a pattern within your family group. And this is different to what we would say to an individual. So we get lots of individuals that have a particular particular issues about them, right? And we would say to them that, you know, we would guide them through the process of maybe changing mm, uh, lots of different things about them, investigating it, and in that way changing the cell memory, the cell structure, the DNA, keyboard, whatever. But we wouldn't say to them that that's going to, I mean, sometimes that we would say to them it's going to affect everybody, but uh, most of the time they're just working on the individual. The difference here is that what we're saying to you as Crohn's is that, yes, you have to work on something that you see is a pattern or um, a problem, whatever, within your own behavior. But knowing that you have the ability to pass that, uh, that change or that development on to the ancestors and to the descendants so that the whole group can move forward in that new way of being. And the importance of that is if you think that you just work on yourself, of course, we'll let you into a secret. Of course, if you work on yourself, it's going to affect those around you, right? It's probably not a secret to you, but it does. But the what we're talking about is a really conscious understanding that because the consciousness then has more power. That's what we're trying to say. That if you make a change within you that you see as a 
uh, a pattern in your family group or in your group, that pattern, you can make a change on that pattern and it will filter out to the others. Why is that important? For us, it's important that these sorts of things happen because the only way that humans can evolve is, of course, through development, right? What is evolution but changing from one one way to another way to suit the environment, to suit, uh, you know, needs and, and desires? That's what evolution is. The only way humans can evolve is exactly the same way. Some, there has to be a change, right? But if it's just the individual, it doesn't necessarily mean that the whole group is going to come. We won't be one. We'll be one moment. So we were interrupted. We are sorry. So the importance of what we are saying, this leadership of the crown, is that by bringing the whole group, you are actually not. You are evolving the whole group. What are you evolving? Are you evolving them biologically, physiologically? Yes, sometimes perhaps you are. For example, if you think about addiction, any uh, medical people believe that addiction is something to do with uh, hormones that don't work properly, that are not uh, or are not as effective, however you want to put it. So if you think about that idea of addiction and you can change that uh, pattern within your family, then okay, maybe there will be a biological and physiological change, evol evolutionary change that will change that whole group. So that that uh, idea of or that reality of the hormones not or the chemicals not working properly the way that the human needs them to work for them to function properly, if you like, then yes, there will be that change. But what we are really looking at because when you think about a human, we are, except for those types of things, the human body is a finely tuned machine. Everything works in a pattern, in a correct pattern to keep the organism going, right? And there are so many, it's all automatic. We don't have to do anything about it, really. Obviously, you can't. There are things that you have to do, like eat healthily, breathe good air, and these types of things. But generally speaking, it works, right? So biologically or physiologically, apart from these anomalies where uh, the the hormones for some reason don't work properly, which causes addiction, and we would say it's not that the hormones don't work, but that's another thing. We'll go into that. Uh, it's not biological. We mean uh, apart from that the the human being is if you like a well designed organism that is at its peak now some don't believe that some believe we could be more intelligent we could live longer we could have a uh, higher well being all of these types of, and yes all of that's possible of course but it doesn't change the biology of the the makeup of the human it would still be the same brain it would still be the same organs, the same skin. We're not, they're not going to, when they talk about, uh, longer living and, uh, more intelligence and these types of things, they're not talking about actually changing the, the 
the physical, the physical, biological aspect of the human. They're talking about using what's there and making it more. So the biology of the human is sort of, it's there, it's done. There's not a lot that we can move with that, that we can, it's already a well-ordered machine. So yes, there is this idea that uh, by uh, working on this idea of addiction, you can change or you can balance out those uh, hormonal secretions, those chemical activities, and then the group can move forward and that won't be an issue anymore. But what we are really talking about in all of these things about these sort of fundamental changes that people can make in their uh, existence and then bring the group with them really are uh, based in consciousness. It's based in consciousness. Consciousness, as we all, everybody has their own idea or their own vision of consciousness. But if you think of everybody has their own uh, consciousness, and that is connected to uh, the greater consciousness, the universal consciousness, the God consciousness, whatever, however you uh, understand the makings or the runnings of the of the the world, the universe. Uh, then if you can think that your consciousness is like um, enclosed, but it has this connection to this greater consciousness. What we are trying to do in this idea of changing DNA structure and then bringing the whole group is, as we said, somebody has to lead the way. Somebody has to open up that their consciousness to the greater consciousness and accept uh the wisdom and the knowledge, but then put it into action, right? And that's what we see in the crown time, that they, you have the ability to do that because you have different, uh, your biology is different, right? The physical biology is different. But not only that, you have all of these different experiences and all of these different physical uh, understandings of what's going on around you and you don't have the same type of uh, frenetic stresses that people who are not in the crown zone time have, right? And we discussed that when we, would, we talked about health, so we won't go in that, into that again. So you have, it's like you have this, uh, there is this, uh, if you like, a, a sort of a calmness, you might not feel calm, but there is something about the being that there is this calmness. So the vibration, remember we said when you are in the, before you are in your reproductive time, the the body is like this, right? It's busy, busy, busy. It's always doing. But then when you go into menopause and you go through that, you sort of come into a much more uh, relaxed, slower, calmer sort of vibration. And that has its issues as well. But... We won't go into that because we've already said about that. But so what we're saying is that there is in this time you actually have the mental space, the emotional space, the physical space to open yourself up to the larger, to the, to the universal consciousness and allow your consciousness to, to meld, which means that you have more ability to make these changes. Right, you have more ability to actually make the changes in the, uh, like for example, addiction, to make those changes in the DNA, to make that pattern 
not part of your existence and then have that conscious uh, desire or intention to let that pass on for and aft. And lots of people that are in your age, this crown zone, there is this thing uh, that time is quickening, right? It's like, and some people say it's because we can see the end, right? So, and we are racing to the end. But we would actually look at that differently. We would say that in this time, because you actually have this ability to uh, connect in this way and to make changes within your being, at a, even though the being has slowed down, right, that gives you the space to make changes, make monumental changes, make, uh, and make those monumental changes happen a lot faster. So it looks like time is quickening because you're racing to the end, right? But or there's less time till you get to the end. But actually we wouldn't say that's what it is. We would say that because you're in this period of time, changes can happen uh a lot quicker. So you can go through uh lots of different uh changes in your life, whether they are uh, any kind of change, it could be diet, it could be um, emotional, it could be family, it could be um, relationships, any job, any kind of change. And it happens in this time of life, they seem to happen a lot faster. They do happen a lot faster because there's not all, all of this other noise in the body and around you going on. So you have this time where you can actually allow those processes that you may even have set up in your 20s right, to, to actually now process, to actually now occur. And, but in the, what we really, so in the leadership that we're talking about, it's being conscious of that, right? It's being conscious that any change that you make in your own self has the ability or the possibility of making that same change in the uh, descendants and the ancestors. In that way, you can lead the group and they can be pulled along with you. So what does that mean for you? Does that mean that everything that you look at in yourself and you, you aim to change is going to affect them and uh, going to be dragging them along? Is that what you think that they really need? Do Are you imposing upon them and so on and so forth? Well, this is when it comes to, to really owning your crowndom right? Who are you? Who are you? What kind of person are you? Are you an evil witch? Are you somebody who wants to go out there and cause problems for the whole world? Or are you somebody who has a deep connection to the world, a deep connection to yourself, to uh, the souls, the spirits, to spirituality, to the earth, to your family. Are you that type of person? And we would say that all of the people here are that type of person, right? Which is why we're so happy that this is the these are the people that have come. Because we do not see within you conflict. Some people, even when they're, when they're going into this crown time, they are conflicted by that. They are conflicted by the depth of their connection. And some people, you even know them, they will put up the barrier and they will become very superficial, right? And uh, everything is just about um, doing, doing, doing and being out there, you know, because, and they become actually sort of panicky because they, they cannot cope with that 
connection. They can't cope with it. But everybody that's here right now, we sense a very deep, uh, you have a very deep understanding of the connection. That's what makes you balanced like that, right? That's what we said at the beginning, that you have this energy where you can go out into the world and people will go like that, right? Because that's the kind of energy that you all have, this particular group. So when you are deciding that there is a change within you that perhaps needs to be needs to be actioned, and you know, we always say to people, really look at that, really find out about it. Look into yourself, really, um, uh, what is it? Like, put it out on the piece of paper and really get it, really get to it. Don't just have a superficial, really get into it. Know more about yourself, why that's happening and all of these types of things. And you still need, you, in any, in any kind of change, you need to do that. If that particular thing you only see in yourself, you only see that it affects you, then you just work on it for you. If, however, you see that this is a pattern that has been detrimental to your family for generations and is going to continue to affect them. If you see that uh, okay. if you see that uh, that 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 thing that you've got is really something that is uh, inhibiting growth, inhibiting development, holding people back that really have got something in that really are desperate to to express themselves. And this can often be seen. Maybe there are people in your family uh, that are uh, maybe in their teenage years they are having troubled times, right? And they are going out and... Um, driving cars fast and drinking and doing all of these activities that are like um, thrill-seeking but have that element of danger to it, right? Then we would say, okay, they're being naughty. They're breaking the law. But let's look at their life, right? Why do they feel that they have to break out in this way? Why are they they're coming? If you look at them, if you really look at them, you can actually see parts of them coming out of you know, pouring out because it's like they're in this very tight shell and they're just coming out. So then we would say, well, look at the whole family. How is the family, are they very tightly buttoned up? Or is it that, uh, you know, what is this person fighting themselves about? So that might be uh, a, a clue for you, right? And then you might find that within yourself, that there's something with you that you are burst, you are wanting to burst out, but society tells you you can't do that. So you are conforming, you are a good societal person, but you are actually bursting with something. So that's something that you can work on for the whole group, right? You can actually say, okay, this is something in our family, in our group. We have, we can see, I can see that person has that kind of potential, but it never came to anything. And that person has that, and they have so intelligent, but it never came to anything. Why? I have all of these ideas, I have all of these thoughts in my head, and I, you know, am all of these capabilities, but it never comes to anything. Why? Right? And that's something that you can work on to evolve the whole group. And as a leader, in the crown, as a crown leader, that's something really to work on because you're not only evolving your group, 
but you're evolving the whole of humanity because that evolution, that evolutionary step will go into the universal consciousness and the whole group can come. So we would, uh, and when you think about it like that, the work that any kind of work that you do in this regard is monumental, right? It's not a little thing. It's not a little thing. It's a really, really uh, world-changing event. And if you think that if just the four of you, and you all have different family groups, let's say that all of you have uh, in your family group that we can, you know, 400,000 each that go back and can come forward. That's And that's probably not even the number it's much more than that and if you think about that your that change that you decide can really benefit your family it's something within me and it's bothering me and i see it in everywhere else in my group if i can make that change in my dna if i can really uh develop in this way and evolve myself in this way i am going to pull all of this group forward and that means if you all did that, just even on one thing, you have not just evolved, uh, you know, one group. You've evolved a huge, like the whole population of the world and maybe even beyond because who knows what's beyond, right? So it's a really, uh, this idea of leadership that we are talking about is uh, a great responsibility. It's not something that people uh, do lightly. So people say, oh, it's such a responsibility. I won't do anything because I might be wrong and I just become paralyzed, right? Well, it's a responsibility and these are monumental. But let's face it, the human condition is, and uh, this will perhaps contradict ourselves, the human condition is to make mistakes. It is to expand. It is to explore. It is to develop in that way, right? So even if you uh, do make some sort of change and maybe uh, it doesn't work the way that you thought it would work or it's not working for the others or what have you. We would not say to panic because for some reason that's the way it's gone, right? That's the way it's gone. Now, it might have gone because you weren't, um, hadn't done all of your research and so you've missed something. Uh, it might have gone that way because there are other people stopping that other energies stopping that movement because they don't want to make that movement. There's lots of different possibilities. But at the end of the day, a leader does not balk at responsibility. A leader does not crumble at the first hurdle. A leader doesn't fall down in a heap and cry when they make a mistake. A leader stands up and says, let's try again. Let's look at that from a different point of view. Let's go out there and make this place the way we want it to be. The way we feel that is beneficial for everybody. That's what a leader does. And that's what we would say to you. That you are a leader, not just in your community, but in your family. And if you've got other crowns in your family, and you can... Uh, speak to them like this, like we are speaking to you, then imagine the amount of work you could do as a group for your family. I mean, it is absolutely uh, mind-boggling 
mind blowing, something like that. It's something to do with the mind big like that. That the amount of work that you could achieve in this lifetime, you could achieve so much in this lifetime that maybe has uh, has been going on for gen for twenty or thirty generations, and in this lifetime as a group, you could make monumental. Uh, developments and and evolve that group to something that's much more than they are now. So that's the leadership, right? And we feel very strongly about that. That the leadership, as we said, it's not a physical thing, it's not um, emotional or mental. It's really a spiritual, energetic movement of evolution. So, does anybody have any questions they want to ask at this point? I'd just like to say, you talked a little bit about the um, limitations imposed maybe by society and uh, things things like that, and I've definitely found that limitation uh, with women. Are you saying that we can just actually just ride over the top of that and claim our and claim our power as women? Yes, because what you see, what we believe is that women. Uh, we want to say never really lost their power. It was just channeled in different ways. Uh, and But we see now, especially all of this group, it's all women, right? Now, Bradley is coming into his crowndom. He's not a woman, but he men actually go into this crown time as well. But for a woman, but all here now are women. And that says to us, so when we listen to you talk, Bridget, you are a powerful woman, right? You're a powerful woman. You're not meek and mild. You're not timid. You've got lungs there that really express, that really give you enough air to really express yourself. So when you say ride over that, we wouldn't say that. We would just say rise up. Just rise up to it, right? Because there is this, um, uh, the, these, the feminist movement in uh, many, many different uh, countries around. There are lots of different groups in the feminist movement. Some of them are very aggressive and they want to crush the men because they have been crushed. They see that women have been crushed. They want to crush the men and they want to step over them. And we would say that's not a healthy way to have this uh, the world. It's not a healthy way to have the world, right? We're not saying that men need to be kept up there and women kept it, but, and this equality is very, um, fluid actually. Equality is fluid. It's not something that's set like that. We are absolutely equal. It's a very fluid thing. The only way that people are going to be, uh, doesn't matter whether they are male, female, black, white, uh, Muslim, Christian, uh, what else is going on in the world? What are, all of these different, doesn't matter what they are. The only way that people are going to, uh, be able to stand up, be counted, is first of all, they have to have the courage to do it, but the other thing is, they have to know deep down inside them, their worth. And the only way you can find out your worth, is if you investigate yourself, right? You can live in a place where uh, women are 
completely crushed, right? Uh, well, we could name some places, but we won't because it's uh, not politically correct, right? But you could uh, talk about uh, women that are really crushed. And in that environment, it would be very difficult for them to go into themselves to find their strength, right? Because they wouldn't be given the tools for it. They wouldn't... Uh, it's not even courage and confidence. They might not even know. They wouldn't be taught it in the schools. They wouldn't be. Uh, it just wouldn't be given to them, right? They wouldn't have a clue. But we are not that group. We are not that group. There are tools and methodologies out there for women such as yourself, such as us, Caroline, and for Bradley, not as a woman, but you understand, where we can really look at ourselves and find that strength within us. And it doesn't mean we have to have the biggest voice. What it means is that we have that strength within us and we know it. So that when we go through life, people make way. They make way. Because they can sense it. That here is somebody who has got that strength within them. And it doesn't matter what I say or do, what uh, restrictions I place on them. It doesn't affect them because for them, it's within them. Do you understand what we mean, Bridget? Absolutely. And so that's uh, – and this particular group, you all absolutely have it. You all have it in different ways. For example, for you, Carrie, in your writing, right, you have that ability to show your strength in the writing. Right? And to really, uh, because in your writing, what is it that you do? You pour yourself onto the page. Right? And that is your strength. That pouring yourself onto the page and then laying yourself bare on the page. So there is no, uh, nobody can get anything on you because it's all there. And you're proud enough and you're strong enough and you're smart enough to do it. Right, and that's that's uh, your hidden, your wisdom, your strength. It's there on the page. So it's like if you were walking in the street, you could imagine you had one of your poems in front of you, and that was the beacon, right? That was the thing that was uh, showing your strength. Do you understand what we mean? Yes, yes, I do. Thank. And so everybody here, for example, Rosemary, for you, you're teaching a new generation of young, not always young, but people to go and teach the younger generation or the youngest generation of our population, right? So you have this... Hope so. Well, you are. And you have this strength about you, this conviction that that is one of the ways that we can improve the world. One of the ways that we can improve the human being's condition of life by training groups of people to go out to the younger groups of people and gather up those youngest ones and say, these are the possibilities. These are the possibilities. Let's do that together. Let's, let's uh, change. Let's, at this point, let's make that, bring that group up with uh, courage, with innovation, with creativity, with confidence. Let's bring them up that way so that all of the things that many of these women here and us have had to experience and men don't have to experience unless they want to. Does that mean something to you, uh, Rosemary? Mm, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want. 
you don't want to repeat the mistakes of the past. You know, yeah, very much so. Exactly. And this is one of the things that we're talking about with this idea of leadership at this level is to very much... uh, you know, you can see what's going on in your family group and you don't want that to repeat constantly. And it is repeating constantly. So by being that person, making that change and then bringing that group with you, you are basically saying to those things, we don't want that in our life anymore. And we are going to, as a group, evolve into something that is free of that, that is more than that. Is there something else? That's it. So now we look at this idea of mentorship and uh, we already touched a bit on it. We just want to talk a little bit more uh, about it and the different, and of course, we all have understood it's different to this leadership. Mentorship is very physical. Of course, there are the spiritual and energetic aspects of it, but it's a very physical uh, tool, if you like, or a very physical way that people like you can go out into the world and uh, develop groups of people, perhaps not maybe the family, maybe communities, uh, schools, however it is that you do it. Even in, uh, if you are a nurse in, in a hospital and you're just working daily, right? You can mentor even the patients because of the way that you deal with them and the way that you get them to come to their own healing. You get them to come to their own realizations about their body. You get them to, uh, you know, they might be in pain. So you get them to uh, really understand that pain, why that pain is there, what's causing that pain, right? Okay, they've had an operation, that's what's causing the pain. But um, it's about bringing them to their own understanding of themselves in a very subtle way. It's not, you know, donging them on the head that way. So there are lots of, uh, with mentoring, it's a very physical uh, way to really gather groups of people and, and go together. But as we said, the other thing about mentorship is that you learn as well. So there is a constant expanding, a constant explore, expand, explore, expand. That's a constant thing. And in that way, that uh, that explore, expand, It's that's the energetics, right? That's the spiritual aspect, if you like, of that uh, that movement. So it's not just about, you know, talking to people and training people and uh, teaching them, but it's about you're teaching somebody and then you get them in their own way, in your way to teach you something, whether it's about yourself or whether it's about them It doesn't, or the topic, it doesn't matter. And this is what we... Uh, you know, we look at the, 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 the education system. It's very much, uh, and we apologize to teachers that are here, but it's very much telling the students and teaching them, right, and giving them the information. And it would be so beautiful for everybody if that was a reciprocal thing. So, okay, students, today I'm going to teach you about whatever, and then after lunch you're going to teach me about skateboarding. Right, and so there is this real uh, give and take of learning, which in its way excites the cells, the brain cells. Right, so the children, if you think, just think about that one example. We're going to do some science in the morning, something like that, and so, but they know that after lunch they're going to teach you to to skate 
to 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 do this what is this called skateboarding right and so they are they are excited about that right they have the their sales are going how are we going to do that and it's all very exciting they're going to laugh at you because of course you're going to fall off and all of these types of things but in that way they are excited and they can be more engaged in what you're teaching you might think oh they'll get very distracted and they won't be but the thing is you utilize that level of excitement into the work, right? Into the work that you're trying to teach. So there becomes this reciprocal thing. The same thing in families. The same thing uh, in anything that you try to do. Whether you're in a meeting with, um, perhaps you're at work and you're in a meeting, right? And whatever the topic is. And you have to give your your whatever it is. And then somebody has to give theirs. Oftentimes people just sit there and they listen like they, or they listen, they maybe they listen, but they don't hear. Nodding, nodding, maybe they take a couple of notes. But to actually engage in that, right? And to really listen and say, but when you said this, la, 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 and get them to engage back. You're not being critical of them, but it's very much this, uh, this reciprocal thing, and that's what the mentorship is. And as a crown, to be a crown in this time, we really... Uh, stress this idea of mentorship because someone has to teach has to teach everybody about mentorship right somebody has to do it and if you and the only people that can be mentors are people that are secure within themselves if you're not a secure within yourself kind of person uh if you have to compete with somebody for work if you have to um be better if just just because of who you are you are very competitive you have to be better than people maybe you're insecure you have low self-esteem blah 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 all of these types of things you can't be a mentor right but in the age in the crown in the crown zone time you can be a mentor because a lot of that is no longer important you don't need to compete with this beautiful bright young 20 something year old that's uh, 10 years younger than you when you know when you were 30 and they were the bright young thing and you have to become the bright young thing you don't have to do that anymore because people see you as older they see you as never going to be that 20 something thing again right so you don't have to have that you're not in that same level anymore people look at older people generally speaking and they expect that they will have uh, more life experience that they they might not want to hear the life experience they might not want to know about it but they expect that you have had it they expect that you have worked and uh, so there is this freedom in the crown zone to just be uh, this person that is comfortable with themselves just comfortable you don't have to be anything for anybody you can be comfortable and so that's the only type of person that can be a mentor. As soon as you feel uh, that there is this feeling of competition or you have to prove your point or uh, any of that, you're, you're no longer a mentor, right? You're now in competition and you now have to prove something to the world. But in the crown time and with all of you that are here, we really see that you have the capability to be the person that's absolutely comfortable. You don't want to listen to me, that's okay. I don't mind. I don't I don't mind if you don't want to listen to me. Good. Don't. Do you want to? Okay, we'll talk. Believe me. This group over here, they want to know what's going on over here. They can't stand to be out of it, right? So, uh but you can only do that if you're very secure in yourself, right? You don't care about that. Okay, that's good. I know what I know and I know that what I know is valuable. 
And I know that inside me, I'm worth it. I am worth uh, the knowledge. I'm worth the time. Because I'm prepared to give that to you because I also see that you are worth it. There is worth all around us here. There is value all around us here. So, uh, so being a mentor, uh, you know, in a crown zone, we see that's the perfect time to do it. But also you have to be, something to remember is that you have to be absolutely secure in yourself, very comfortable in yourself and really know yourself and know your trigger points. You know, you can be a, a very good uh, mentor and be very secure, but know that you have trigger points, right? That's absolutely fine. The thing is knowing that they're trigger points. So when somebody says something to you and you know that, oh, that's one of my trigger points, what will I do? Will I react? Will I punch them? Will I just uh, ignore it and, and just pretend they're not there? How am I going to? But knowing that it's a trigger point, that's the the sign of somebody who's secure in themselves, right? Knowing and accept, okay, that's my trigger point. And you could even say, that's that's a trigger point for me, so I'm going to not talk about that because in the end it will be a disaster. That's, uh, you know, being secure in yourself, knowing it, acknowledging it, admitting it, accepting it, all of these, uh, and appreciating it. That's another one, appreciating that aspect of yourself. So, that's the that's uh the idea of mentorship and all of you we know in your own way are mentoring people some of you are mentoring people your own age some people are mentoring younger people uh whether they are children uh you know friends people in the workplace we know that all of you are out there in that mentorship role so stay there right really uh because the humans may not realize it, but human humanity needs mentors like this, right? They need them because uh, when you look at the different things that are going on in the world, it's like uh, you could say that humans are uh, all ADHD. The, the the activities that go on in the world it, sometimes you think how did that you know that's crazy but there and then it goes over this way and then something is happening and it's like we can't keep our focus for one second all you've got to do is look at um those uh the newspapers and those magazines with the the this the celebrities on them it's like that one minute this and that and that the the whole of the humanity is like is 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 like the the hyperactive they're blinking like that, and every time they blink, it's something new, and the new fads, and the new trends, and the new this, and the new that. The humanity needs people that can be balanced, right, and that can explore and expand in that way, because all of those things that what we're talking about that is going on, they're very instant, they're very focusing, and they're very narrow. Chunk. Right, but when you can mentor and explore and expand, then it's like this. It's like waves of this, and it's much more nourishing, much more beneficial for humans to be have that aspect coming in their lives instead of like that all the time. And only crowns can do it because they have moved from the tung 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 to that different kind of vibration. Right, so. Continue on your good work. 
Finally, before we uh, we break, we finish. We just wanted to go back to what we said that we see all of you uh, as people who are like uh, full of. Uh, knowledge and wisdom and and creativity and you're you're like this and we saying go out right don't keep it in just go out and sometimes you just have to take the plunge you know sometimes you have to uh let's say that you like this like this crown zones and the shamanic talks lots of advertising Right? Lots of people have been notified and maybe two or three or four or five people come. Now you could say, oh, they don't like us and, uh, you know, it's not any good and all of these types of things. We could say that, right? We could. We could be depressed and disheartened by that. But we all, we said, well, okay. Four people came today. Three people came the other day. But those people are people that can actually do something with the information. Those people can actually go out there. So if we've got four people today, and each one of you have four people, and each of them have four people, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. So it doesn't matter what you start with. So let's say that you want to have um, a women's group. You want to start a women's circle, right? And you put it out there that you want to have a women's circle, and uh, for uh, maybe you want to have an older, like the Crone Zone Women's Circle, or it doesn't matter, and you, you advertise in the local papers or what have you, and on the lots of people ring up, I really want to come, that's great, and you think that's fantastic, 20 people are coming, you turn up, you put all of your chairs out, and two people come. And there's 20 chairs and there's two people. And it looks bare, right? And that could be very disheartening for you, right? Very depressing, but the thing is, what we're trying to say is that you have to go out of yourself, right? You just have to go out of yourself. You have to take all of this stuff that's within you, that's vibrating like this to, uh, that's making all of these thoughts and these ideas and, uh, all of this energy that's within you. It has to be taken to the world and you have to start somewhere. And sometimes it's going to be with just two people. That's all it's going to be. And it may only ever be with two people. But the thing is, you've done it. You've done it. And if it is only two people and you really feel that there's more to them, you have to just look at what what you're presenting, how you're presenting it. So then it's more exploration in the self so that you can expand some more out to the world. So as we said at the beginning, we really see that the, the people that are here today have this real... Uh, energetic possibility of going out into the world and taking what you know really out into the world. Not just also what you're already in, right? What you're already doing, but making it larger. Meeting bigger, uh, a wider audience, if you like. And how you do that. So, Kerry, you're going to do it perhaps with your writing, right? And take it out to the world in that way. Uh, so there's lots of different ways that you can do it, but we would really urge you, don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep your wisdom, your knowledge and your experiences uh, and your life to yourself because you've got a lot to give the world and it needs it. It really needs it. We need to move people from ADHD, hyperactivity, uh, what are all these attention deficit disorder, all of this. We need to move them from that 
because it's not right, it's not good for their physiology, it's not good for their brain, their emotions, and move them into explore and expand. That's what we want to move them to. And only people like you can do it. That's just the way of the world. So, uh, are there any questions? Uh, I do. Um, I'm working with people at the moment within um, uh, individual people and communities that are completely trapped uh, with fear. And uh, the fear is making them blind and deaf. Um, so they can't hear, uh, you know, uh, a lot of things. Are you saying that you just keep rising yourself and move away from those people if they can't hear? Do you persist or do you just keep moving until you find people who can hear? Well, it really depends on what you want. So if you really see them as a group of people that uh, are worth moving, right, mm -hmm. then stick with it. How mm -hmm. you do it, maybe that needs to change. Remember that we said that uh, being a mentor is not just about you teaching but you being taught, right? Mm -hmm. So it needs to be reciprocal. If you can start up, and it will be hard, right? If they're being uh, not hearing and not seeing, it will be hard. But if you can make somehow make it a reciprocal arrangement, because for lots of people, fear is about uh, stepping out into what they, not even what they fear, but stepping out into the world, stepping out into something, right? Stepping out into uh, a relationship. So then they don't, they're fearful about stepping out into a relationship, so they're angry with everybody. They're rude to everybody. They don't listen to anybody because they're actually fearful of stepping out and having a relationship with somebody. Uh, physical, you know. So, you know, perhaps you you obviously have the ability, Bridget, to look at these people and know what they're fearful of, right? You can see what they're fearful of. So, uh, some people would say, get them to face their fears, throw their fear in front of their face. We would not say to do that because they're obviously a very delicate group. There's something about them that makes them delicate. So, we would say with this particular group, you know what they're, what their fears are, right? You can probably pinpoint what they actually fear. So in that way, look at that fear. Just pick one person and, and do a, a sort of experiment for yourself. Pick one person. What is their fear? Okay. Their fear is whatever it is. What is the opposite of that fear? So in other words, what could make them feel secure? And in that way, get them to teach you about that security. Right? So you set up this, so you want to, ex you want to explore their fear, for example, but to, but they're not going to let you in because they are completely fearful, right? So you want to explore that, but you, so in the way to get them to help, to allow you to explore that aspect of them is to get them to teach you, but they won't understand it as teaching, but, uh, their, something that makes them feel secure or a strength of theirs. Maybe they can teach the whole group, right? Maybe there's something that they have, uh, maybe they're a very good cook or maybe they can fish, doesn't matter. But that's something about them that makes them feel secure and really 
in a way, we don't like this word exploit, but that's what we're going to use, exploit that, exploit that security so you can start a dialogue with them on the fear aspect, right? And, uh, you know, we would say those, those people are difficult but worthwhile, right? Mm -hmm. Worthwhile. Because when people are in so entrenched in their fear like that, and if you can bring them to a point where they can actually move themselves, then you have, if you like, um, you have achieved a much greater movement than if it was somebody that was easily moved, right? Because they were already sort of on the brink. But if you can move that person or that group to a point where they can move themselves, then you have really made a great monumental, that's a monumental stride. Do you understand what we mean? I really do. And, I really do. And, uh, and the other thing is, uh, you know, we don't want to diminish, but to make people laugh, you know, to bring humor, really bring humor into it and, uh, and to have uh, maybe, you know, there is um, – a therapy called laugh therapy, you know, you've heard of that? Yes. And, uh, you know, maybe to start your group meetings or whatever you, you have, you actually incorporate some of that laugh therapy, right? And, and bring that so that the, it's not, um, it's a very, so what happens is it looks like it's becoming a light experience, right? Light as in not heavy, light. And in that way, they will open up. Because, because remember, again, we said that when things are, it's very focusing and very narrow, right? So if they're in their fear, they're really going to close down. If you can get them to expand in any way, right, and through laughter and, and shenanigans, right, then they will they won't even know it, but they will just open up a little bit, right? Because they will feel that um, they, they won't have that, their defense will be down, that fear defense will, will be down. The only thing we would say about that is that you, it, obviously they are there because they have these deep-seated fears and they are like this, right? So we, we wouldn't say, and we know that you wouldn't do this, but they might, um, we wouldn't want to trivialize what's going on. So the laughter therapy, to present it as a therapy, right, mm -hmm. instead of just making jokes and things, to actually present it as a therapy will we'll make, we'll make it serious and make it real for them so that they see it as part of what's going on as opposed to uh, making it trivial and superficial and what have you. Do you know what we mean? Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. I sense that uh, humour is a very important tool. Mm to uh, heal with. So, uh, you know, that's something that um, that's we, we think, we really think that, um, and we would not say to you, you know, you must persevere, but we think it's worthwhile for you and we think it's worthwhile for them, for you to persevere with them and to just, uh, and this is what we mean actually, you know, when you go out into the world and sometimes you don't get a good response. Right, and that can be so disheartening because you're really your intention is so strong and pure, and you really want to help, and you get no response whatsoever, and it's like it's like nothing, nobody can see you, 
it and nobody but it's times like that that you have to okay revisit okay how am i presenting how am i doing it maybe that's not getting through but at the end of the day it may not be you it may be them and that means that you just have to keep slowly slowly making that uh effort and making that um you know avenues to get in thank you good anybody else have anything that they want to ask or make a comment on well, i could share something that may help you bridget <laughs> um i spent my dad's in hospital at the moment and he's he's almost ready to pass on i hope for his sake because he's in a lot of pain now but he's he's had two strokes so he can't really talk at the moment except for the word go when he wants everybody to leave, that comes out. Um, but we spent the day together yesterday and he kept trying to tell me, like he can make sounds now, so that's progress, I guess. But he kept trying to tell me something. There's something he wanted to say to me and he hasn't been able to get it out. So I lent close by the end of the day and, and we're talking and I'm giving him hugs because he wants hugs. And he's mumbling away and... I said, look, Dad, I don't want you to worry. Everything's going to be fine. And mumble, 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 mumble. And the, the whole fruitfulness of the day came out in one word at the end of that mumble. It was, fuck. <laughs> as clear as a bell. It was like, okay, we've waited all day to hear that one. Thanks. I said, Dad, did you just say what I think you said? And he laughed. He laughed, and uh, just to see the change in him with the laugh was uh, amazing because he'd been so intense and so frustrated and so annoyed and so, like, you know, I've had enough of all this. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, I don't know whether you can repeat that word at a public meeting, but it's... No, no, I get um, it. Thank you. It's, a, it's just a funny little thing, and, he, you know, just to see him laughing, it was worth it. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Bless him. Thank you. Thank you. So anybody else? You might need to edit that one. Sorry. <laughs> so That's my favourite word at the moment. <laughs> so for me, I always thought mentoring was, um, or the way I do it is uh, I be with people and I create this I create a vacuum sorry create a vacuum above uh, where they are so there's always this thing drawing them above them you know so they can expand into um, uh, into that sort of um, I suppose vacuum that I'm creating around them, sort of, you know, sort of leading. Do you know this? Do you know that? And the sort of, you know, what's past that? Is that? Um, but in that way, you are learning yourself, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. it's the same thing because you're offering them possibilities, mm. and in that way, you're learning about them. Mm. But you're you're talking like on one on one. Yes, very much so. Which is a little bit different because it's very intimate, right? Yes, it is. So you need to find out about that that particular individual. Mm -hmm. So uh, And you are doing it for 
for you it would be for their own personal development and yep. what have you yep. so uh there is this it's this but you're doing the same thing that we're saying it's just being conscious perhaps of that knowledge that it is reciprocal right that you are learning as they are learning and you're both expanding at the same or not at the same rate but you're both expanding in that knowledge of each other right yeah 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 because in a way that person is not just finding out about themselves in a sort of an unconscious way they're finding out about you as well and the relationship deepens you know a relationship between a, a coach or a mentor and one individual be, can become very deep because both people are exposing themselves to each other right and learning about each other which expands them it's like with Carrie and her poetry right when Carrie pours herself out onto that page and then somebody else reads it Carrie has uh sort of you know explored herself and then expanded it onto the page and then the person reads that expansion and then they can in their own way explore that aspect of themselves and then that expansion expands them right so it becomes a quite an intimate relationship and you know this is seen all the time in uh like um with some celebrities that are always in the newspapers or always in the like television shows and their fans think that that's who they are right and they actually feel connected to them so when they see them in the street they go up there and they want to hug them and kiss them because as far as the fan is concerned that's they have a relationship right of course and often the fan knows more about the person than the person knows about themselves so there is this uh you know that that can happen from afar all it it happens all the time this intimacy in this way mm. So on on another point of of leadership I suppose to discuss with the group if you find um uh I've done a fair bit of leadership paid leadership development and it seems that uh if people are falling over at the first hurdle or the third hurdle or the fifth hurdle um it just for me it it just shows them that the as a leader they actually haven't really crystallized their vision to a point that it's so compelling that that's half of what they want to live for so it doesn't matter whether you're selling tires in a corporation uh or you know doing something with a community it's like when you've got that vision that wow this is just it means so much to to whatever that they have you have that uh resolve to stay at the coal face well we we'll say one word to you about what you just said Here right one word <laughs> hitler Here we go. good hitler, word good word <laughs> right so he had he was that person he had the vision and nothing was going to stop him from getting to that vision of course the allied forces eventually stopped him right but they had millions of people had to die and many many lives apart from death were destroyed for that one person's vision so we would say a leader is somebody who does fall a leader is somebody who then gets up looks around and wonders why they fell 
and then says, okay, I fell because the majority or some of the people in the company didn't like what I was doing. Why? Why didn't they like it? Now, there's two people, two kinds of people. One would say, I don't care that they don't like it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm sacking the lot of them. I'm hiring some robots and I'm going on my journey and this is it because I'm the leader and I am in charge. Or I'm be more like a mentor, right? And look at that and say, okay, they didn't, I, it fell. I fell because they didn't like it. It didn't suit for whatever reason. Why? So we go in and we look at it from that angle, right? And then they come back and then they re-jig or re-look at their, whatever their vision was and say, okay, I still really like that vision, but I cannot get there this way, the way that I want it. I have to go another way. Does everybody like my vision? And interestingly, there is a, a, a sort of, uh, how can we say, research perhaps is looking at, go some research, not all research, but some research is looking at this idea of leadership and having, you know, like one person or a small group of people in absolute control and then telling everybody else what to do. And then they are looking at groups like, um, uh, like on this web, on the internet where they hack, you know, those hackers that can get into all websites and what have you. There's no leader. They're all just a group, right? And they all have, uh, they can't work out. The researchers can't work out how these groups of these hackers can work, right, and can have uh, sustained uh, or longevity as a group and can sustain work because there's no leader. Nobody's in charge. They don't even have this idea that they're all the same, that they're all equal. They're just all there. And so there is this real look. How, how can they exist? How can they run their business? How can they run their lives if they are all, if there's no leader, if there's not one person deciding which way they're going? They're actually organic, right? These groups are organic. And so, uh, and so there is this research now looking, there's governments that are running countries and it's not working, right? Corporations that are, are running countries and it's not working. And yet here we have this group of people, and sometimes there are hundreds, right? We're not talking two or three. Hundreds of people that are on these, in these organizations, on this web, on this internet, that are these hacking or what have you, but not just that. And they survive and they flourish, right? They flourish. So... Uh, that puts a completely different spin on this idea of leadership that you're talking about, and really it looks like mentorship, right? It looks like mentorship. And so if we can get – and that's why it's so important that we say that groups, people like you are mentors because uh, go out in the world with this idea of being a mentor, not a leader, because there is already this movement to say, okay, leadership's not working. 
it's going to be fought to the death, right? There's going to be wars fought over that idea that leadership's not working. Uh, but it's a very interesting uh, difference, right? And these people here in this uh, hacking group, whatever they are, these organizations where there are hundreds of them, they uh, one can make a mistake or, or not do something right, and there's no condemnation, nothing. Somebody else just picks up that banner and hacks for them, right? Okay, they're breaking the law, but it's just an example of, of what we're uh, talking about. So, um, yes, we're not on board with that, that form of leadership that you're talking about there. We have a different uh, form that we'd like to follow. So... We thank you all so much for uh, spending your time with us this Sunday morning and we really hope that you got something out of it. Even if it was just a little grain of sand in the hourglass, we really hope that you did and we thank you so much for listening to us. Many, many blessings to you and very good luck and uh, best wishes on your crown journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, mothers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, mothers. Blessings to you, our friends. We are the Ancestral Medicine Women, healing from the past for the present and the future.